You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't call it a comeback. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm Justin. That's John. We're in the offseason, folks. The summer league is over. We'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, Keith Smith's annual or becoming annual article on tidbits from the summer league. Always a bunch of great nuggets of information in there and then obviously we'll be talking about the olympics and the fact that it's basically a third of the team is going to be the celtics which is super interesting to me um i guess i'm just glad Kyrie's not there john <laughs> jesus yeah i guess so <laughs> although it'd just be a mess play. they'd have to choose right they'd have to be like okay nobody wants to play for Team USA, so we could either take Kyrie or we could take these four players oh, from the Celtics. We'll just have to figure out which way we want to go. <laughs> Thankfully, Kyrie has more important things to be doing. Yes, he does. I don't know what they are. I assume they're doing some videos with Herm- Hermetic Brothers Incorporated, but um, yeah, we don't have to worry about that. We're here. We're here for the here and now. We're here oh, you're so over it. You're so over it. I can't. I'm not so over it. Dude, everybody uh, who listens to this show in the summer does not mind an additional pod shot at Kyrie once a week. There's, there's no way. It's just, yeah, I know. It's, it's an easy mark. That's all. He's an easy mark. I like the jokes. I like the, the, for the jokes, it's worth it. I'm just, yeah. Man, I'm not feeling your honesty on that one. Is that your team answer? Is I that don't know. is that Danny Age and and you, that's your uh you know from the start of free agency and his canter was our plan A. That's great. <laughs> is that your plan A, John? No, uh, was, I, great for know. the jokes, you know. It's just uh it just sucks. It's just it still sucks. I mean, really I interesting. Know. You know what? We might as well talk about it because there was that one article. And I'm trying to remember who wrote it but it just seeped back in my brain since we're here. Uh, it's interesting to me that they talked about the fact that the league, and you've been complaining up a storm about what happened in L.A., that the league sort of tried to make the most recent changes to the CBA be set up for success in retaining players on teams. And as a matter of fact, Kyrie could only be offered 120% of his prior you know, contract or the last year of his prior contract and thusly couldn't be extended, had to go to unrestricted free agency to make the bigger bucks. 
And, uh, you know, maybe that left the door open. Really interesting take there. Do you remember who wrote that? Uh, was that Windhorse? Might have been Windhorse. Might have been Windhorse. Yep. Anyway, very, very sort of interesting spin on the CBA not working the way they intended and, and how that worked out. I think in the end, we're still lucky, but, uh, ugly way it went down. What he, oh, ugly in that he left. Well, yeah, and then today. Because they could have just traded him, right? Like if they had the salary, they could have like made a move. They could have gone a little bit differently. And and maybe if he was locked up, he wouldn't have given up halfway through the season. Who knows? And maybe Anthony Davis would have been more likely to come to the Celtics knowing that that was locked up. Who knows? Well, and then today there was the thing that uh, Jackie McMullen had on with uh, Michael Hawley where she apparently told him that he that he had soured on on Danny Ainge. I don't really know what that means, but it sounds bad. Good mute there, by the way. I I saw but nobody heard. That's beautiful. wicked sneeze. Yeah, that uh, sneeze has been going on for like a minute. <laughs> Boom. That's what happens when you're, you're a like, pod god. You should have given me the wave on the video, you know, like roll with it. Roll with it. So it's all good. Anyway, this is how the off season goes. It's like Sorry. one long outtakes episode, right? Like I got to- listen. We got that out there, though. We, I got the got the words out there, and then boom, it was that was it. I got it out. Mute button. That's you. Good job. Bless you. That's what happens. We've been at the, in the game fifteen years. You know? <laughs> and if you're still yeah. listening to this episode of the off season, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> A little early for that one. Okay. Yeah, a little early. But I, I think that, uh, you know, it, first of all, it's weird that Jackie led with it being Danny's fault. You know, all of your things about the team and about Brad, but soured on Danny. Like, how do you sour on Danny Ainge? He put this whole thing together, put you in position to do all this, and you're just mad he won't trade for a 13-year vet? Is that what that meant? Um, I don't know. More details to come. It just keeps we'll find out. out like – Sewage into your drinking water, you know, like it, you just, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, is exactly what's going to continue happening. And yeah. you had even said, I think on the last episode that we should expect more and more dribs and drabs of information to just as we get more distance from the high profile times of free agency and no team wanting that bad vibe going on. This stuff is going to kind of leak out and it's also going to help the NBA landscape stay on the radar because really we're at, we're almost to August. It's the next, you know, four to six weeks where we really sort of suffer. But, you know, that is kind of what Team USA is going to be all about. I mean, at least for Celtics fans, we're going to be able to see, hopefully, I know they haven't made the final roster cuts, but hopefully we're going to see uh, several Boston Celtics players. And I think that there's a potential positive impact on, you know, chemistry to develop in advance. So we're going to talk about that. But first, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. John is at CSL underscore Duke. I'm CSL. I'm at CSL underscore Justin. <laughs> the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. I'm on vacation still. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews when the season gets back underway, the Garden Report, and in the meantime, yours truly, Celtic Stuff Live and the Roundtables. So, John, uh, hopefully, you know, the, the, the Team USA is going to keep us somewhat entertained, and like I said, maybe there'll be some early 
chemistry development. Obviously, the worst case scenario, nobody wants to hear anybody say this. We're going to say it anyway. The risk of injury, and it's probably why many of the stars have backed away from participating, not just this year, but in previous years. The risk of injury, especially as players also get older, you know, becomes a major deterrent. The last thing the Celtics would need would be an injury to be incurred during uh, the Olympic play. But I think at the same time, there's a healing process and an incorporating of Kemba Walker that could be going on here that could be far more valuable to the Celtics, and especially if they escape injury-free. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think there's value in it. I mean, it really stinks to have all this time away from the team with such a bad, you know, taste in everyone's mouth. And maybe what this team really needs is just to get out there and start competing, even if it's only the four of them. And of course we don't know that all of them will make the team, but it seems pretty likely that at least Tatum and, and Kemba are going to make the team. And then I would be surprised we'll if see. Smart doesn't. You know, if if I was actually to put one of the two remaining players on the on the periphery, I'd actually say Jalen. And I think they'd love to have Jalen and his talent, but I think that just that dogged effort that Marcus Smart brings and on defense and willing to do the dirty work, not that Jalen isn't willing to play a role because we saw that last year coming off the bench. He more than accepted that role. So I'm not really concerned about Jalen that way. But I just feel like Marcus Smart's probably going to bring something different to the team that the coach is really going to like and is going to consider invaluable. will be awesome to see. If he continues his hot three point shooting or at least his uptick in three point shooting in Olympic ball. Yeah. Well, it's closer. It's a closer arc too. So, uh, that, that should help as well. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's probably value in Jalen. There's probably, I mean, you've got PJ Tucker amongst this group right now. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> it's definitely, uh, the, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't say that this is the most talent uh, that the the U.S. could could roll out in one. Not to say P.J. Tucker is a bad player, but you know he's just not on par with James Harden. Uh, but that's I think that that could be a very interesting mix. I think it could be a very important piece. I think Jalen could benefit uh, as well as Jason. I think both those guys really stand a bit. I'm not sure Smart needs needs to learn about how to play in a different system, but I think it'd be great for both of those guys to experience something. I, my concern is that they'll like it too much and they might get eyes around for other places. I, you know, to learn from pop, it might make you think, Oh, it's all like this. If you go somewhere else in the NBA, well, that's clearly not the case. Well, the good news is the coach that we have here in Boston, Brad Stevens, probably the closest thing to Pop and, uh, you know, their relationship and, and their style to some degree and shared practices is fairly well documented. I wouldn't say we get an article every year, but about mid tenure at this point for Brad Stevens, I think it was Bullpet, might have been Mark Murphy, but had an interview with Pop and talked about how they do stay in touch and they steal from each other. And obviously all coaches steal from each other. And I think we had a Another article just the other day sort of mentioning that as um, a takeaway. It might have even been in the – actually, I think it was in the Keith Smith article, so maybe an early segue there, but uh, we will be talking about that. But Coach is always stealing from each other to some degree, but I think that Brad Stevens' style and, and what didn't really work with Kyrie, uh, unfortunately, is also – kind of what Popovich likes to do. I mean, if you look at the minutes played, that would be probably the only thing I'd say differentiates somebody like Brad from Pop, you know, because 
he does when Isaiah Thomas was in town, he played, you know, a lot of minutes. And I think you and I talked about this on the last show. You're kind of expecting Kemo to play a lot of minutes. And I'm, I'm sort of hoping that we're going to manage those minutes a little bit better and maybe a little bit more in the pop fashion. Yeah. I, you know, I think that that's, <laughs> you know, I, Jay King had a nice article in the, in the athletic today about how to break up minutes and how to make it work. And it's tough. It's really tough to try to figure out how you can fit everyone in. And, you know, <laughs> right now, if, if you look at, um, how, you know, how the number of players and the number of spots, I mean, you're looking at on average, what Jay had was really no one more than 32 minutes and really all of Smart, Brown, Tatum, uh, Hayward and, and Kemba, all five of those guys right around 31, 32 minutes, 28, I think maybe. I mean, that's, that's almost, uh, on that same level, I guess, of, of pop-like, um, you know, load management, uh, of, of yesteryear. And now you get Tim Duncan on the bench with him. So, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, that's kind of another piece of NBA news. Yeah, we just keep layering week. this stuff on, but it is cool to see Timmy in that assistant coaching role. And just the way that that whole relationship went, you kind of knew this was coming, but also knowing Pop's age, like maybe they look at Tim Duncan as the heir apparent. Maybe that's, you know, I know a lot of people in the NFL world, especially New England regionals, loving uh, the Celtics and the Patriots have always kind of batted around the idea of Tom Brady becoming the coach someday. Uh, I don't think that's as likely to happen as we sort of would have thought maybe five years ago and now see happening where maybe uh, that is going to happen with Tim Duncan and Popovich. And, you know, Tim's a very smart guy um and he obviously knows the game he's a great facilitator so he's always had a good understanding of of how to foster team dynamics and share the ball i mean do you think he could do you think he could be the heir apparent do you think he has it in him ah geez i mean is it possible entirely yeah i think uh i think it could could be an opportunity there but and they've, and there's also had been some juggling also going on in, in San Antonio with RC Buford being kicked upstairs as the CEO of the team and bringing in uh, a GM. You know, maybe this is establishing a new culture and a new organizational structure for the team and, and bringing Tim in is the first sign of that. I think they'd look at Becky Hammond on honestly, maybe first. Uh, she, you know, coached the summer league team and obviously she's had a good run there and, and, Become very well respected within the, the Spurs community. So I don't know, but it's or it's maybe they're cool stashing Timmy for a playoff run. <laughs> yeah, right. right. They're just keeping him around the team, but they don't. Have, they're not going to ask him to practice. But it could happen. It, it really happen. could, right? That'd be interesting. All right, everybody. Well, before we start talking about the Keith Smith article and some of the great nuggets, their baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with BetOnline.ag. This week, John, who you watching? Red Sox and. Um, I think the Yankees, man. Ooh, the Yankees. Can you beat the Yankees? Can you beat a Yankee, a Sox Yankees game? I don't uh, think maybe so. not this Sox team. I mean, well, this, <laughs> this, this is, well, you know, hey, look, you know, that they're, are they buyers? Are they sellers? I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're, as we're recording this, they've started the series. So, um, I, who knows? I wonder if you can place was, a wager listen, on the likelihood that the Sox will make a trade in the middle of the series. Listen, 15 years ago, I was at a Red Sox-Yankees game. There was the fight with Veritech, uh-huh. the whole thing. 
you know, and that season turned out pretty well. Maybe this series puts some money on the Sox and, uh, who knows? Who knows what could happen? Probably right. lose it, but who knows? Yeah, well, <laughs> if you put the money on the Sox, maybe, but let's look at the line, right? So because you're a loyal listener of Celtic Stuff Live and CLNS Media, we're giving you an extra 50% added onto your sports betting bankroll. That's when you go to clnsmedia.com slash CSL and use the promo code CLNS50. Best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. And again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash CSL and use promo code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see Bet Online general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding those bonuses. And we've got a new advertisement for you all. And this one might be are catching you, you out of left field. Yeah, yeah, you, you better be standing up if you're going to use this product. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Support for Celtic Stuff Live comes from Manscaped, who right. is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I like how that rhymes. Engineer tools for your family jewels. Hey, listen. If any of you out there, and I know you young millennials are doing this, uh, and certainly I have as well, you've ever done any manscaping so that, you know, you're fresh for that date or, you know, keeping things, uh, well, anyway. So all I'm going to say is it really stinks. <laughs> Really stinks when you get a cut. Maybe you're using clippers. Maybe you're using a razor. Maybe you're using a combination of both. But anytime you get that neck, boy, is that a pain uh, in the balls, quite quite literally. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And by the way, don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. I know you guys are doing it out there, and that's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already are putting deodorant on your armpits, so why aren't you putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Best thing again, as a supporter of Celtic Stuff Live, you can get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code CSTUFF. Now, that's a new kind of promo code, so I'm going to say it for you. C-S-T-U-F-F, CSTUFF. You go over to manscaped.com and use that uh, promo code. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. And remember, as a loyal listener, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code CSTUFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code CSTUFF. All right, John. I had the balls to read that ad. How's that? I, I thought, never thought I'd see the stuff that uh, that type of ad would ever be on our thing, but here we are. And it's well, great. I'll tell you, I, you know, we, we got a kit, you know what I mean? And actually, oh, we got a kit. The, the kit is awesome, by the way. Like, I'm sure I'm not even joking. Like, it's all been put into use. It's real. it's cool. It's not anything I would have necessarily bought on my own, but I also hadn't heard about it. But now that I have it, uh, I'm, I'm quite liking it and it's definitely Nick free, which is actually kind of a relief, but, uh, but you didn't expect the kit to arrive. So, I mean, I think, I think just the, uh, the, uh, the, the box on the doorstep story of yours is fantastic. We open the box. What is this manscape? What's that all about? I open it up. My kids come in. I have two boys, 10 and 12. And 
the hilarity ensues. Let, let, there's a newspaper. There's a well, lot of Well, you don't know what you're opening because it I came know what before I was opening. we got the email. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I'm opening this box up and all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot of, uh, entendre type, uh, conversations. So thank you, Manscaped, for giving me an opportunity to have that chat with my boys that I've always needed to. Um, <laughs> So it's just, it's great. It it's actually great. is. It's facilitating the birds and the bees thing. You know what I mean? Like now it's you have this open ways. relationship. Absolutely. There anyway, let's talk let's about on. the key. <laughs> I love this ad. I'm going to have a look. This is the best ad for the off season. There's no doubt. There no is doubt. no doubt. There's, you know, you remember Garber family dentistry and everybody isn't going to remember that, but the intra oral cameras, you know, I, 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 that, Dentist got more than his money's worth in the early days of supporting Celtic stuff live, you know, because at the time we had a live show and yes. people would call in with questions and they were always re-referencing the intro oral <laughs> cameras. But I mean, listen, I still remember Garber family dentistry. He's probably right. still there. And thanks be. to him. I mean, we got, I think he was one of our very first, if not the first advertisements we had on the show. We put a little bit of money into buying some equipment and I had it all set up in my home office. And then, um, then we did a live draft night show. Yes. And I believe Garber Family Dentistry showed up and sponsored us. And then we never had to put another dime in, maybe a little bit on travel to Boston and back for myself with the credentials. But, right. you know, we had sponsorships from that day on. He validated. You know, the, um, you know, the, the potential of advertising and podcasting and live shows at a very, very early stage. We're talking like 2004, 2005 folks. And he's so, still and- out there. Go see him in, in Salem. If you're in Salem, Salem, Mass, go check him out. <laughs> we'll oh, you just pulled up, up the, the ad. You just pulled up the website. That's great. That's right. Yep. That's great. Anyway, it, you know, we love our sponsors. They've been letting us do this for nearly 15 years. And, uh, you know, I think the Manscaped one is going to be another one of those that people, an all-timer. Remember, people remember. Yep. That's people an all-timer. Yes. Get Manscaped, get your intro oil cameras and go to Dr. Garber. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure that you succinctly wrapped that up, but that was a very, no? that was so. isn't that how that was supposed to be? Take. Uh, Let's talk about Keith Smith. I'm sure this should have been the outtakes. Maybe I'll clip it and stick it at the end. I, anyway. I think Keith would appreciate that as the, uh, yeah, the Keith, transition. This is our lead-in for Keith. All right. This so <laughs> Anyway. It's almost like having an intraoral camera right behind Keith as he's going through the summer oh, league because boy. every side conversation and note that he had, he combines into this article. <laughs> I don't know how it's, I'm just taking your segment no, and running with it. Go with it. Go with it. Uh, dude, I don't know why people listen to us. If you're still listening! There's, if you're still off, listening. If you're still listening, it's the off season. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, totally. Uh, yeah. So anyway, let, what's the big takeaway? We are unsuccessfully segueing to Keith Smith. What was your big takeaway? Let's, let's start. What My was big, big takeaway take was the culture. When I posted, you know, a screenshot and, and put it back out on Twitter, it is, it, it was, Probably the best thing I've read in the last two, three weeks. Um, it just covered such a broad range. There was a lot of great things about Brad, et cetera. But I, I just loved the team executive quote that, um, you know, the team may not necessarily, you know, who knows how they'll perform, but the team that, that Celtics fans will enjoy rooting for this team more than they did last year. And, and, and that's not new news. And I've been feeling that way for a while. 
And it's the reason I've, I've gotten a couple of Twitter messages where you're a fool, you know, for, for wanting it this way, but I'm glad it's this way because I, I really want to be able to get behind the team. I want to enjoy their play. I like the underdog overachiever status. I think that's a fun ride, even if it doesn't always lead to a championship or it might take a few more years. And I love watching young players develop. So that statement on its own just is so true to me. And it was a big takeaway. And I, I just hope that. Most Celtics fans feel that way as well because this this could still be fun and this could still lead to a championship. Not necessarily this okay. season. That's yeah. not saying necessarily this season. But, yeah. you know, listen, when you've been watching the team as long as you and I have, there does require a certain level of patience. And Danny Ainge's best executive we've had since Red, you know, in my opinion. So, I, I, you know, I'm happy with it, even if Kyrie is not. Well, and I <laughs> – yeah, I, I, it's, it's always weird. there for you, John. It's yeah. always there for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, I, I would agree. I think culture was a big part and a big theme throughout, especially the new guys, the 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 uh, you know the the Kemba's, but also the rookies. I mean, obviously, clearly that was a big a big role. Um, what I what I thought was interesting too is uh, looking at. The vets, and I'm going to include Tatum and, and Brown and Hayward in that mix. Both of those guys are now in a spot where, you know, I think I look at the three of them and say, how can you play both of them together? We just talked about the rotation and, and how you make that work. And, you know, I would, I would have thought somewhere in there, you would have said, well, you know, maybe the look to move one or what have you. No, 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 no. It's like hands off, like, and that's Danny's MO. All of his guys, their values through the roof, but it really does seem that the Celtics are placing such a high priority and, and high value on both, on all three guys that there's really no way in which they'll move on from any of those three because there's no deal available. So, uh, I, I think that's somewhat encouraging for the future and be able to, to really look ahead to a season where all three of those guys are going to be big players in how this thing you know grows and how well those three can play together will largely dictate how far the team will go. You know, another takeaway from that article was the commentary on Hayward. Uh, there were some outside of the organization and some comments within the organization as well. Um, but I think both were sort of in alignment with how much better Hayward got towards the end of the season. And I do think he improved at the end of the season, but um, I also am, um, you know, I'm wondering if people are seeing some things since then that, especially from the team quote, that they're, you know, and I, when we've talked about it, you know, this is the first real full off season he's had since the injury and to the point where he's been healthy enough to get in real off season workouts. I think it's going to do wonders for his confidence next season. And I do think he's going to play better. Um, I don't, it seems like a lot of the Kyrie stuff is much more centered and even the Horfords, like we didn't talk about that, but the Horford family definitely took some shots at Kyrie on Twitter too. So, it, you know, whether that's representative of Al or not, but there's been enough noise in the background about that yeah. that that Kyrie and 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 Horford didn't really like Kyrie and I'll tell you what I'm I'm going to go with if Horford liked Danny and that was I guess that there were some nuggets out there you know this past week on on the Horford thing and how it went down too but mm-hmm. um but if if Horford loved Danny and liked the Celtics and then Kyrie didn't and everybody winds up going their own way you know what I mean I got to say there's an odd man out there and and it's you know coming together pretty pretty fine um but Hayward 
who knows if he had, you know, issues or if he struggled with that culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know that there was a little uh, yelling at Hayward that was received, you know, uh, from one said Kyrie and uh, didn't like, you know, his choice on a, on a play. And um, so I think, uh, as a facilitator, everything else, he'll probably get a little bit more freedom. I, I kind of feel like, yes, physically he wasn't ready last year, et cetera. But I also don't think they really had the opportunity to put the ball in his hands the way they might and let the offense flow the way that it best suits Hayward. And I think that was uh, at least alluded to, if not spelled right out, um, by a couple of the quotes in the Keith Smith article as well. And it, it really made me be uh, very encouraged. And as a matter of fact, I know one of the quotes was, from another team where they had reached out to the Celtics that maybe we could get Hayward on the cheap and were uh, just pushed away immediately. So obviously the Celtics have a lot of confidence in, in Hayward returning to form. Yeah, I I think so too. I think that there's the, the confidence is really high on Hayward, which maybe isn't fair. And, and maybe that what they should be doing is selling low on this or, or not selling low, but set, setting low expectations. Clearly the expectations were far too high last year. Uh, I would prefer to set everything as low as possible, uh, you know, and, and then see what happens because the expectations were absolutely a big part of what killed them. Uh, regardless of whatever you say about Kyrie or not, his, that had an impact on him, uh, too. So, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot of growth here. I, I was encouraged by some of the stuff on the rookies. Uh, I thought Langford, the Langford section and two, um, and I thought Tremont Waters. I mean, there was yeah, that was really... almost effusive. That was surprisingly effusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the context of the article, I mean, definitely the Langford thing, and we really didn't get a chance to take a look at him. So it will be until training camp before we can really size him up and and see what he's got. But yeah, the the Tremont Waters. I mean, obviously, people thought highly of him for how he and his family handled, you know, the unfortunate death of his father for sure. And it would be hard to say anything negative about Tremont, um, you know, but the way that they lifted him up, you know, they, they kind of saw him as, as a, as a player who like Terry, you know, maybe over a couple of years is going to continue to push, you know, for an, at least an opportunity to compete for a starting job is the way that that quote came off. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I thought, you know, I was just going to bring it up here as I was talking. You know, I thought he said, uh, I love, this is from, I think the, one of the coaches. I love Carson, but man, I love Tremont. This guy might be the most competitive guy in the entire draft. You know, I think, you know, the other thing I, that was the other section. No, it wasn't in this, but somewhere else I read that, you know, if he was 6'3 instead of 5'10, he would have been a lottery pick. You know, yeah, so, and the sellers love these guys. He's, he does. I remember seeing a clip during the summer league. His hesitation move is like mm. killer. So. And he's just got, he's got vision. I mean, he really does. He can, he can make plays in a way that probably few on the team can. And so, you know, who'd be a great addition to the coaching staff if this is the route they're going, you know, is, is, is one Isaiah Thomas, like how Tyron Lou awesome would that be to have him, you know, on the bench working with some of these undersized guards and showing him some stuff. If he just can't, you know, get where he wants to go and oh, at some career point. Yeah, at some point, but if he can't yeah. listen, this might be it for him. I mean, being an undersized guard crossed over 30 now injury history, you know, this shot in Washington off the bench might be his last opportunity to really reclaim, you know, substantial minutes in the NBA. 
Um, I don't know if he would welcome that opportunity in Boston or not, but it would yeah. be a really cool fit. And he's got that, like Boston still loves him. He's got that passion. He's got that fire and he's no dummy. He's a real smart guy too. Like, um, you know, I love listening to him talk when we did interviews in the locker room, everything else. I mean, yeah, he was a little disgruntled and stuff and he was kind of like waffling on not being negative. Like you could just see him try to fight it back, even though it's how he actually felt. But he's very eloquent, and uh, he sees the game well, and he's got a competitive fire that, you know, I think belongs on any coaching staff. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think there's got to be something for him here in Boston at the end of his playing days. I mean, I think there's a lot for him in, in Tacoma and, and in Washington, too. But well, I was going to say, that whole culture, you know, it's a teaching culture. Right. And, uh, you know, really arms embracing. So you're right. He might do something in Tacoma, but um, but he won't do it with an NBA franchise, unfortunately. No, well, we don't know. He could. I mean, look, he didn't get much of an opportunity last no, year. No, I mean, in Tacoma. I oh, mean, specifically right. well, the fact that, well, if they, yeah, maybe if they, if they move back there. to Seattle or they do some expansion thing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a expansion team in the next five years. I mean, I think that that's the, the league is going to, is going to need to look. Maybe he'll be part of the ownership group that brings it back. If that they're going to be inspiring. Well, if they're going to look for ways to bring, if they move to a different schedule, they're going to need to find more ways to bring more money in. And I think expansion might be the way to offset what they're going to lose in, in, in the number of games lost. I don't know, you know, I don't know exactly how you get there, but if they're going to, if you're going to limit the season or you're going to try to find a way to, to shorten the, the regular season and do some things, I think one way to do that is expansion. If you bring that money and that infusion of cash, that, that franchise fee that guys have to pay for, that may be one easy way to kind of allow for the boost so nobody loses money initially and then yeah. create 30, 32 thought. teams would be a much more divisible number. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I mean, we, we got an outtakes to do and we're kind of wrapping up. So I'm going to take us to the outtakes. If you're ready, are you ready? Um, sure. Let's go with it. <laughs> this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Elias. Sam. Oh, nice one. Executive producer Larry H. Russell and the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. Sam. If you're going to switch, Sam, if you're going to switch it up, I'm going to switch it up. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Sam. All right, what's our outtakes? That whole show was an outtake. It was a whole, well, we're, we're, we're going to go through like eight, eight, eight weeks here of, of outtakes. I, I love, I love the Olympic, the Olympic thing, the FIBA thing. People are going to say, Oh, what if they get tired and all that? I don't care. I mean, is this, are they going to win a championship this year? No. I mean, I think they just got to build something. I but don't here's think something. they're going to get tired anyway. There's going to be enough of a break before training camp. And you know, I, uh, I, I don't so, know. A weak so, argument. Here's something that on Simmons podcast, he, some of some reader camp with him today and said that there is nothing that Jason Tatum has posted pro Celtics since the end of the season. Everything has been 
comments on departed players, you know, you know, go get that money or whatever. But nothing's like on all these Instagram posts he's had and all this stuff. No, like, welcome to the team, Kemba. Supposedly, there hasn't been anything positive that he's put, like, kind of pro Celtics. I don't know if it's true. Just stop it. Either way, just stop it. Why? Don't create this. Don't. We do care. We care from the standpoint of don't create it. Yeah, but don't create it. Don't don't create that. That's the kind of stuff that make that turns players off. You know what I mean? Like, stop it. You mean the stuff that that says like that a player is like not as invested in your team anymore at the end of the year and. And then he comes into the next season and says, no, I want to be here. I think it's one thing. No, dude, no. Like it's one thing when it's not real. It's another thing when it is real. But how do we know? No, this is fabrication. <laughs> no, no, no. This is fabrication. This isn't anything leaking out. This isn't somebody giving us a BS line. This isn't somebody not being willing to sign an extension. But what was real it, about Kyrie? I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Well, I, Danny said he had a pretty good idea by February, and that's when it really started to get, you know, turned up a notch. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. It's different. You know, no, you know, listen, it's different than saying, you know, well, Jason Tatum hasn't said anything positive about the Celtics since the end of the season. Well, you know, that's, that's a, that's a fabrication. That's not, I'm alluding to something that I'm seeing in the background that I can't report on or something that somebody is saying to me. That's just, that's, that's about as loose as you get with fabrication. That's my point. I have a feeling that a lot of the lines of questioning, you know what I mean, around Kyrie during the season and some of that narrative is, were things that, that, the reporters couldn't come right out and say, you know, but knew was happening. This thing on the Bill Simmons podcast, this isn't, oh yeah, no, I've got underlying tones and, you know, I know people who know Tatum and Tatum wants to leave and that, that's bull. You know what I mean? This is just totally fabricated. Here's what I would say though. Here's what I'd say about that. And I'm not, I'm not starting this about that, but I think that it makes that all of this the, the Paul George thing makes everyone nervous in the NBA because nobody knows what anyone's power is anymore. And the ability for Paul George to have gotten extracted himself out of OKC to, to join this super team, there is fear, I think, league-wide and even amongst fans that any player could leave at any time. And I think that's a little bit overblown. And I think that we talked about at the start of the show that there's some stuff that's got to happen, I think, in the league to try to kind of, like, let's just, let's, you know, go, maybe settle this down just a little bit. Uh, still allow for players to choose where they want to go in free agency and all that, but really not dictate the fortunes of the entire league on a whim, uh, as Rich Paul did this season. Well, certainly not let the media or agents drive what eventually happens because they have greater influence than the team themselves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the thing that we as fans shouldn't encourage. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, you, you see all that, and there's, so I think it just feeds into that fear, right? And that's really what, to me, that's what this is. It's just like, oh my God, anyone can leave at any time. You know, it's why I think people, including me, are saying, maybe we should give Jalen Brown $30 million a year starting next season. You know, knowing that we Ben should. Simmons and, 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 and Jamal Murray got it, maybe we should be giving that money to Jalen Brown. We should Brown. be giving it to him. We should. For lots next of reasons. Year. Yep. 
from next year. I, what I see is you don't do an extension. You talk to Jalen. I'm a little concerned that no one's talked to him. Someone's got to talk to him and say, Jalen, here's the deal. We're not going to give you an extension. It's not because we don't want you. It's not because we don't think you're worth it. It's that if we sign that now and, and, you know, we've got to make some decisions through the year, but if you play exactly how you have this past season, we're going to give you, we're going to, we're going to make you a big offer, a max offer right before, you know, restricted free agency starts. And if that happens, great. And if not, then, you know, you're, you're on to something else, but there's so many things that could happen this season. We don't even know if Gordon Hayward's going to opt in the next year. He could very well be a free agent next summer. And then the Celtics are back into uh, kind of a weird space. So there's a lot of kind of, uh, we're not, the, the, the next steps here are kind of interesting. And the other thing we should talk about, I mean, not really talk about, but this Bradley Beal thing is happening. I really think he turns down this extension. He's going to get traded. Okay. And that's, that's for next we go. show. That's Let's, the next show. We, we got eight weeks to get through. Brad, the, the, the title, of, the title of this episode will be the next episode was on Bradley Beal. <laughs> All right. And if you're, we really is going to be, if you're, <laughs> if you're still listening, you're manscaped and welcome.